is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, it's Pat with Matt Kiteboarding. Uh, do another one of these interviews. Uh, today we got Derek with Nash. What's up, guys? All right, Derek. So you've been with Nash now for 10 years, you said? Yeah. Um, yeah. I came on board February 2014, so be pushing 10 years now. Yeah. No, that's, that's a long time with any company, really. I mean, I've heard pretty much anybody in the industry, I feel like very few people have stayed with one brand even for that long. As far as like the reps I know, there's a select few, but not a ton. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, for sure for reps, but I think the number of people that have, I mean, I'm not even close to being the longest tenured employee at Nash. I mean, most of the people that I started with, um, at least in the office over there, um, you know, were there well before me and are still there. So okay. pretty well, interesting. Good, but, yeah. Good retention. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in Oregon. Uh, did you grow up in Hood or where in Oregon? So I grew up in Eugene, uh, born oh, yeah. and raised. Um, and my dad and his friends were all windsurfers. So during the summers, it would be either coming up here to Hood River or uh, going down to um, a little place called Flores Lake down on the southern Oregon coast. Um, and that's kind of where I learned to windsurf. I think I started windsurfing, I mean, basically as soon as I knew how to swim. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just windsurfed and then, uh, I can like vividly remember, uh, like in 99, sort of like the first glimpses of kiteboarding coming around. And like, there was those first two kite magazines, which I had, unfortunately those are long gone now. I'd be pretty sick if I still had the original two, two kiteboarding, uh, magazines. Um, yeah. but yeah, I remember seeing kiteboarding and like really wanting to get into it. Um, and my dad just wouldn't let me, he's like, no, you got to learn how to jive and water start first. And, um, and I mean, I'll give him credit too. I mean, it looks sick, but kiting was so dangerous in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, it eventually, um, I found myself barely moving along on a five, seven windsurf sail while, uh, my buddies Reed and Josh Brady were jumping over me, um, purposely hitting the sail and, and knocking me into the water. Um, and so I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm learning how to kite. Um, and this was in 2007, uh, okay. learned on a, a slingshot fuel five line. Kite. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then it's sort of been, you know, I do a bit of everything still, um, a lot of winging now, uh, not so much windsurfing anymore, but, uh, yeah, still love, love to get on the water as much as possible, no matter what, what's nice. pulling That's me. Awesome. Yeah. So then, uh, what kind of was your whole introduction to the wind sports industry then? Were you working at a shop beforehand? Did you kind of get right into it with Nash right away? Yeah. So originally I started working for a windsurf only shop that's, um, unfortunately closed their doors uh, pretty recently called the Gorge Surf Shop. Um, so I started there when I was in college, um, in 2008 was my first summer working there. Um, and, uh, and worked there. And then I did a small stint in the ski industry. Um, and then decided, uh, or basically I found myself, uh, without a job and, and sort of no obligations otherwise. Um, and decided I really wanted to move somewhere where it was warm, there was wind and had waves. Um, and outside moving out of the country, uh, Maui fit the bill. So um, I booked a one-way ticket to Maui. Uh, originally was just planning on being there for like pretty much just through the springtime. Okay. Um, 
or as, as my mom likes to say, uh, he, he planned it for six months and stayed six years. Um, <laughs> so I ended up staying in Maui. Um, uh, basically I moved there to go work for the National Maui Pro Center. So that's where I got started was on the retail side of things. Right. Um, and then I've just sort of worked my way up the ladder, um, from there doing a whole lot of different jobs. Yeah. So. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. No, it's, uh, so I guess favorite spots in Maui then, um, as far as you've been there for six years, so I'm more or less local at this point, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some people I on mean, the island might beg to differ, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, um, I think, well, I mean, there's kind of the, yeah, if you're not born there, you're, you're not from there for sure. But, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's fine. It's, it's a great mix of people there and, and still like the, the guys who are born and raised there, um, you know, there's, there's some super welcoming people. Um, there's a lot of like retirees that live there. I mean, the community there is, is killer, um, especially in the wind sports too. Um, cause I, I feel like wind sports in general are just a little bit more, um, accepting compared to some of some other board sports that are, have like a little bit more of a hardcore, um, sort of image that they feel they need to upkeep. Um, <laughs> yeah, surfing. Um, so, yeah. So like, whereas wind sports, I mean, as long as you're not uh, basically doing anything that would uh, otherwise jeopardize launches. Yeah. Um, it's usually pretty, pretty, except for the most part. I mean, uh, I think there's definitely a few spots that I, I won't mention. Um, That's fair. <laughs> just, because personally, I like uh, I like it when I'm able to go and not have crowds. Um, yep. My I'd say my specialty there was just showing up to Kanaha, sort of uh, after hours, we'll say. Um, yeah. And usually, I'd have the place to myself. But um, yeah, everybody's always asking like what launches. But honestly, like Kanaha is a huge beach, um, and it's a big ocean. So you're yep. able to like sort of get on the water, spread out, find your space. I mean, in the waves, it gets a little bit crowded for sure. Um, especially if you don't really know the rotation. Um, mm -hmm. So like lower Kanaha, it'll start at the peak and sort of work its way down. And then you work your way back out the channel. Um, and sometimes you'll get the the visitors or whatever that are going sort of straight out through basically where the wave breaks and sort of messes up the flow of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, Kanaha is probably stands alone as like my favorite um, just because it's just easy typically easy parking easy launch you know um lanes can be really good and it's definitely a, a legendary spot but um mm -hmm. i you know it's usually one out of five times there it's going to either start or end in a kite mare um just because it's a really narrow beach that has funky wind and you got to go over a dry reef and um i mean there's guys that have absolutely mastered it uh but usually i've, I've definitely left a some some skin and blood on that reef for sure <laughs> that's awesome no so and being with nash for 10 years um seems like nash is always doing something a little bit different or i guess you can say innovative you can say different however you want to put it so or you yeah. have stuff like the sigma kites i know those are before a little bit before you're with them but then the octopus octopus system they ran for years and years before stopping <laughs> over the one pump um yeah what are your thoughts on kind of Nash's take on kind of innovation and different stuff in the industry? I mean, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, up until recently, uh, Nash was owned solely by Robbie himself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of opened the door for him to basically do what he wants and really, yeah. you know, not have to answer to anybody. Um, so it kind of almost created like a cool creative space for the designers to sort of, you know, try new things and whatnot. Like, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Sigma was before me. I, I, I've actually never flown a Sigma kite, but to my understanding, I mean, obviously they worked, um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was just a little bit too radical for the industry. Um, I personally kind of miss the octopus system. Um, anybody who has worked on one, uh, would strongly disagree and I have worked on them. Um, but what I really liked about that system is when you went to deflate your kite and roll it up, like you didn't have to deal with your, your struts re reinflating as your, cause you had multiple points, um, of uh, exit for the air. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, in 2000, I believe it was 2000, man, was it 2015 or 16? Uh, when we came out with Quadtex too, that was like another innovation that, um, you know, we were kind of ahead of the curve of a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, uh, brands out there. Um, you know, where we had a four by four ripstop that, I mean, to this day, I would, I would stand up against any canopy material on the market. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, there's been some innovation there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we were kind of early to the game. Well, eh, I don't know if I'm going to give us, give credit for foils, but, um, you guys definitely were earlier to the game, I think, on kind of making a foil in your lineup as far as I think liquid force probably was the first one to make the like, yeah liquid force consumer base foil. lift was around too I mean there's a lot of a lot of companies sort of making kite foils at yeah. the time um but I think there were very few I mean probably only a handful of companies that like came out with a surf foil initially yeah. and I mean granted the, the surf foil that we originally launched is like comparable to our jet 1050 now. So that's like yeah. tiny surf foil. Um, but still like early to the foiling game um, for the, I'd say all around consumer, uh, maybe not yeah. so much kiting. I, yeah. Um, and I see you guys are probably the first brand to really kind of buy into the wing foiling thing. Like, I mean, I know us at the shop here, we all thought it was going to be kind of a year, year and done phase. For I mean, sure. Match, you guys really seem to buy into that program hard and run with be like one of the first brands to really, invest heavily in that and actually look at it as going to be more of a big picture thing than a kind of year run and done. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, well, even, I mean, I remember Robbie saying it too. I mean, he's like, this is going to be, I think, I think we underestimated it even on how big it would get. Um, That said, you know, even still, he was like, you know, this is going to, there's going to be a handful of brands that are doing it in the first year. And then the market is just going to get flooded. Um, with everybody making a wing and we've definitely seen that um yeah i think the sport though still is uh continuing to grow and hopefully so um just because one there's going to be you know a lot of uh gear for entry let's say for the next year um and i think there's there's still a ton of room for innovation um and i mean it's it's progressing pretty rapidly and uh, I think just uh, access is a huge thing um, when you look at winging versus um, kiting. You know, we're kiting, you need a fairly large beach in order to launch and land a kite. Um, and it's it's a far more efficient sport um, than what windsurfing has sort of become um, as far as, you know, you don't need 
you know, with, with some of the bigger wings that are really powerful um, and, and foils too, especially you're able to get out on the water and, and a lot less winds. So um, yeah, I, th- I think winging is just going to continue to grow and hopefully expand in the places that um, previously haven't really been uh, so much on the wind sport side of things. Yeah, for um, sure. No, I definitely think it can help the whole access point as far as you don't need the big beach. It's all, frankly, it's a lot safer to learn for someone than kiting as far as yeah. you don't need to go through all the safety, self-rescue stuff. Your self-rescue is you sit on your board and you paddle in. Yeah, it's just yeah a lot, sure. It's a lot more simplified, I guess. I mean, definitely Absolutely. foiling is an, an easy thing to learn, but... It's... Yeah, there's there's a, there's a bit of a steep learning curve to it, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, gear simplicity... I mean, honestly, the, the hardest thing to deal with is the board in, in foil, which, yeah. I mean, it's if you don't want to disassemble your foil each time, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, gear simplicity. Um, and uh, yeah, just remember, don't don't forget your leashes and, and pumps. Really, I've done that more than a few times for sure, where I got to the beach. I'm like, oh, oh shoot, I forgot def- a leash for my wing. <laughs> Um, but I've yeah, definitely I've definitely done that. I've definitely gone out without the board leash and done the frantic swim after it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of guys here that will ride without leashes and, um, you know, they've kind of figured out a way to prop the, the wing up in front of them and use that to body drag to the board. But, um, I'd still advocate for having leashes on both your board and wing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what are you riding this year as far as your personal setup? Which like your your favorite gear in the Nash lineup this year as far as so, so on the wing side, um, I ride the Matador LT for the most part. Um, okay. I think the low end power is really good on that wing, and also it flags out super nicely. Um, so the Matador LT, LT is is pretty prime. Um, I mean the MK4 also does the job if i'm in a more like busy area i'll, I'll probably pick up the mk4 um just because having the windows uh you know whether or not you can really see through them it definitely has an effect where you're i think just more spatially aware when you have windows oh. um and especially on those bigger size wings you know if i'm if i have to go like six meter or bigger i'm, I'm probably going to grab a mk4 yeah. um board wise i ride the hover 60 um uh, carbon ultra, um, okay. which is kind of my go-to, like I can sink start it. I can knee start it. Um, I really like the length at 410. Um, mm-hmm. it handles super nicely on foil. Um, for foil, I run the, uh, 85 centimeter, hundred percent carbon mast, um, paired with the, either the 914, um, or 1040 high aspect front wings. Um, and a modified 220 stabilizer and I'll switch sometimes uh, depending on how windy it is if it's really windy and like the swells decent size here in the gorge I'll run a 64 mm-hmm. centimeter fuse um, just because it's a little bit more stable and you're able to get, just sort of get wider arcing carves um, and then I like the 55 for when it's a little bit lighter wind smaller sh- sort of smaller swell because you're able to get really more snappy fun size turns. Um, I realize that sounds pretty nerdy on, on how the breakdown of foils is. Um, and then, uh, then on kite side, uh, I know. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. You, you, any day at Kanaha, you can go to find some person who's got their foil perfectly wrapped in, in a neoprene sleeve. And I mean, yeah, they'll talk it all down to the bolts on why they're using titanium versus any other 
any other yeah. uh, screws. Anyways, um, kite side, uh, I was a slash rider for years. Um, unfortunately, the slash is, is no longer part of the Nash lineup. Um, so I've gone back to the pivot. Uh, okay. The pivot launched um, like in my second year with Nash. And like from the beginning, that kite has just been a slam dunk um, and just perf- doing so much really, really, really well. Um, so I primarily really prefer to kite in waves. Um, so yeah. the pivot was a great kite. It drifts really well. It still has a little bit more pull consistently than the slash did. Um, but I mean, it's one king of the air twice. So it's a, it's a kite that really can do, do yeah. anything. Um, although I also really like the boxer too, uh, we're giving a shout out to that kite. Um, uh, I find the 11 meters like my go-to light wind wave kite, um, just cause it flies, delivers power really well. Um, and then also I've been really liking our new zero bar system, um, which is just a minimalist, minimalist bar. So it's just a thin carbon fiber tube, um, running with a shackle on the end of it. Uh, so for anybody who rides a rope slider, um it works really well for a surf just because there's just it's just like there's nothing in your hand at all um yeah, that's that's kind of another neat one that like nash makes that no one mm-hmm. else on the market really makes i mean everyone else is running he's running a bar like that it's a, it's a custom home home yeah. bar or like the, the kite lab one-off bars yeah that you custom one. yeah i would say the zero bar is probably about as close to one of those custom foil bars as you're gonna get um it still has a full safety system to it you know it's got a quick release trim and flagging line still um whereas some of those homemade systems it's a little bit harder to incorporate that and you know by all means the people are running those those custom systems are good enough to run it as is um i think the zero bar kind of opens that as a more consumer-based um bar that um has kind of what they what you would want in a minimalist bar um but hasn't done away with all the safety features um so yeah so that's been a cool bar um and then of course the i3 bar uh is one that we're running for now it's got the clicking system and everything like that and there's a few different um loop systems that you can get for that unfortunately we just haven't been able to get stock of those uh loops um you know we're still we're getting caught up with the uh supply chain uh, yeah issues but you know there's still a few things out there that are harder to to get so um yeah, yeah. i think yeah um and so, so we'll just jump to the elephant in the room mm-hmm. Nash acquisition by kubis how is that shaking things up at hq for you guys is it more or less business as usual or we're excited coming? yeah yeah i mean so to preface this, Kubis has been working with Nash for probably over 20 years now. Um, you know, they handle distribution throughout all of, well, nearly all of Europe. You know, they do Netherlands, um, Germany, France, Italy. So they handle a lot of the the major markets in Europe um, and have honestly been one of probably the, they're probably the biggest distributor of Nash products in the world um, okay. before Nash. So um they actually had quite a, a a fair amount of input even still um in the uh in the like product side of things and now they're 
probably going to have even more, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it'll be uh, sort of open the door to get more consumer feedback um, and, and uh, implementation into our products moving forward. Um, you know, they, they're a really solid um, organization. I mean, if you look up, you know, just, just seeing what they do, um, they're the, the building that they've, they've moved into is super nice. Um, they've sort of been on the path for, uh, revitalizing pro limit too. Um, you know, pro limits, another brand that's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of come in and just breathe, breathe new life into it. Um, and that's one thing we're going to be really interested or, uh, really excited about is having, uh, sort of a soft goods and accessory brand to go with our stuff. Um, whereas in the past we haven't had, you know, sort of that partnership where you see that's pretty common um, with a lot of kite brands yeah. these days. And they're usually have an accompanying um, soft, soft goods soft. brand that isn't necessarily branded under the same label. Um, so yeah, I've got uh, sample wetsuits and, and harnesses that are, should be here um, tomorrow. And then uh, I'm headed over to Maui. So I'm going to go get a test uh, some harnesses here. Probably not so much needed in the wetsuits over there, but um, yeah, the the acquisition I'm I'm excited about. Um, we had uh, the new owners here last week, um, and uh, yeah, they're they're excited. I think it'll overall just be a really good thing. Um, you know, the just as sort of a punch in the chest to to get things sort of. You know, just it's just it's just shot a Red Bull more than anything. It's not like <laughs> <laughs> we weren't on life support by any means. It would be like a bad bad way of putting it. Um, yeah, but like it, it's just like a, an ex- something that we're all really excited about, and I think yeah. gonna have nice some, energy some boost really fun. Guys- yeah, it's yeah, always good to have kind of a. It's if you've done the same thing forever and ever, it's nice to kind of have get a fresh set of hands on it, fresh set of eyes, and take something exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's not a restart or anything like that, but it's um, just a, a fresh direction. Sort of a, um, yeah, a modification of where things have been and this kind of slight change mm-hmm. of stuff moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're, we're excited. Um, they're excited. I think all, all heads are kind of in the same place um, That's good. Of, as far as what the goal is. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is going to open open the door to really getting back on track of achieving our, our goals year in, year out. Okay, nice. Yeah. And so I guess kind of going back to innovation stuff, where kind of do you see that going with Nash next as far as wing foil development? Do you see more change in kind of wings in the industry as far as that goes? Or do you think foils are going to kind of continue to be more so where that you're going to see bigger changes moving forward or do you think it's going to be less changes and more of those kind of small tweaks and refinements i think i mean it's kind of like kiting right in what was it was it 2007 or whichever year it was um you kind of saw there was like it didn't hit a plateau in in development but there was like kind of like this like almost cut off date like don't buy anything older than this year um, I'm not sure if we're quite there yet with, uh, with winging and hopefully not. Um, I think there's still a lot of, uh, 
innovation to be done um, as far as making wings as efficient as possible, playing around with different shapes and, and structures. Um, you know, you look at some brands have a lot of pretty extreme dihedral and others that are a little bit more flattened out. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a number of things to, to still innovate with, um, like handles too, I think is going to be another, another big one. Um, and windows, hopefully we can see some more innovation and window design materials. I think materials is going to be another really, really big one. Um, obviously, you know, we see brands that are doing wings in, you know, some premium materials that are, you know, three times as expensive, um, which, you know, for the guys that can afford it, great. I think for the guys that are a little bit on the fence, I think it, it could be a little bit more difficult to justify those kind of purchases, um, you know, for something that, again, like how much innovation is there year, year to year. Um, uh, I did do, I did a, a trip back to Maui in, in November and got to test out some of the, the new product lines and I'm pretty excited for what we have coming forward. Um, yeah. So, and I think on, on foil side of things too, I mean, obviously there's, there's a ton still happening there um, where we're really finding out uh, like high aspect wings. I think we're, have been one thing that sort of come in and really taken things by storm and whether or not people need to be on those versus, you know, a more mid aspect ratio wing. Um, but yeah, just working different plan forms, yeah. um, designing wings that, you know, sort of are blending um, efficiency, pumpability, and, and maneuverability too. Um, so like for me, I really like the 914 because it, it glides really well. It's fast and turns really, really well. Um, whereas the 1040 is just going to pump a little bit better. Um, it's not quite as fast, um, but it can still turn. So I think on the foil side of things, I, th I think there's, again, in the wing, wing design uh, aspect, I think there's still a ton that can be done there as well. So I, th I think, you know, exciting stuff in the pipeline um, overall. Um, and, uh, and that, and that's not to discredit what we already have on yeah. out on the market today. I mean, I have just tons of fun on what I'm writing now. So yeah, no, for um, sure. Yeah. So it's, it's a good time to be in, in wind sport right now. It's, I think this is probably the most development. I think the industry's seen probably the last two, three years and the last 10 years, I'd say this kind of kind of yeah. get to the point where we can only push stuff so far and the exactly. materials coming in, that's changed slightly with kiting, but it's kind of, yeah. it's nice to see that whole development process and all the designers, everybody in the industry kind of have to start back from square one and restart everything. And, yeah, and, and even in, on the Kai side of things too. I mean, with the whole sort of revitalization of bigger, like, or I mean, in the past year, bigger kiting has just gone through the roof. Like yeah, the not. guys who were winning King of the Air two years ago, like, aren't even uh, are barely even making it through qualifying rounds now. You know, yeah, all these kids are coming through and just throwing insane maneuvers, and I think that's adding some to the. Uh, the innovation on the kite side of things um like i know our, our team has been super pumped up on seeing where we can improve the uh the pivot and also looking into you know sort of designing that competition level um 
like just kind of bringing the pivot yeah. to be able to compete with uh you know some of these specialty big air kites um yeah so yeah, no, it is, it is kind um, of neat. you have seen a lot of brands go towards that as far as very specific big air kites i mean yeah yeah it seemed like kiting almost hit like a plateau kind of i don't know like i'd like to say when the pivot came out um you know the pivot came out and it was like the kite that we yeah. needed um that you know sort of the the one kite to rule them all mm-hmm. um and then obviously through the product you know just improving materials adjusting the bridles like small, sort of small but keeping the uh the flying characteristics the same um and i think we're kind of almost seeing like another sort of revitalization um in that aspect too where now guys are pushing it so hard in kiting yeah. Um, that we're kind of having to go back and look and say, okay, well, how can we make these kites match what these guys want to do? Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, so across the board, I think there's a lot of innovation um, through and through um, that's making some 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 good steps forward. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to see kind of what the lineup looks for next year. The stuff this year rocked it, super fun. Um, I definitely think I think people think of Nash as more of a I would say more niche brand. It kind of seems mm-hmm. to fall into that category a little bit. You guys are a huge brand in the industry, but it's for some reason, whenever I think about it, it's just sits yeah. in one of those more niche it's, things. Uh, it's like, I'd say quirky brand, I don't know, almost. Or, mm-hmm. but. Well, I think, I mean, you know, Robbie came into it from an athlete side, you know, at, I think what he had 24 world championships to his name or probably mm-hmm. more. Um, so, you know, name recognition is huge. I mean, yeah. Robbie's arguably one of the biggest personality, you know, wind, windsurfers. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a huge, huge name. Um, yeah. and then, you know, I think, and that's kind of the other thing too, with this, this Kubis merger is like, we have the brand name recognition. Um, and so it's like, how do we better capitalize on that? Let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, again, I mean, we're excited about, about the, the acquisition i think this is going to be kind of light some fires and and start capitalizing more on on the brand name um yeah and i think has some really good stuff uh coming down the pipeline awesome well cool derek we'll wrap it up here we're at a half hour um we'll wrap it up <laughs> this is save people's time we'll definitely i'm definitely going to be calling you back on one of these though just to kind of see how things are going yeah what's up what's yeah. new um i'm gonna kind of wrap up and keep with Keep doing that with everybody. Let's kind of keep seeing what's new, what's going on, what's the next big thing. Yeah, everybody. So. For sure, we'll have a lot more uh, news coming down the pipeline here. I would imagine later this year. Awesome. Well, have fun in Maui, dude, and I will uh, catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Catch you later.